In the great hall of the Justice League, there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes, created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Superman. Wonder Woman. Batman. Aquaman. And those three junior super friends, Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog. Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. Sorry, Brian always asks me questions when I'm in the middle of taking a shot. I feel like I'm still going, mm-hmm. I need to be waving my hand in front of people. Mm-hmm. Three snaps, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And twirl. And twirl. <laughs> and scene. I once described Q as a black woman trapped in a white boy's body. Honestly, it's such a struggle. You know, what's so great about Q is you describe you, Tuttle, and then you show the picture and they're like, what? No, my- yeah. My favorite story is when you met my brother-in-law. Do you remember that? Uh, oh, you mean when I when we got lost in the zoo? Okay, before that. <laughs> the, the zoo story is also amazing, but so before that, uh, so my sister described Q, and my brother-in-law having no experience with gay guys at all whatsoever, right? Just sort of assumed that they were all cliche tweaks off of the off of the basically. We can only be so lucky. Yeah, exactly, right? So. They accuse him coming over to hang out with them. They're going to go to the zoo. And they knock on the door. And as my brother-in-law tells it, he goes, my sister was like, oh, it's probably cute. Go answer the door. He goes and opens the door. And he goes, no, it's not. It's just some guy. And Q's like, excuse me? Um, that was a fun day. That was super fun. Do you want to tell the story of you getting lost at the zoo? Uh, okay, so I took Jory and Stephanie. So Stephanie was, uh, oh, I just used names. Am I supposed to? I don't know. So, so Stephanie was doing a, an internship in D.C. And Jory came out to visit her. And she was like, hey, Q, you should come meet this guy. He's really cool. And I'm like, oh, what? Because you guys are getting married and... <clears throat> they did like three months later, but anyway, um, and I was like, okay, well, you know, what do you guys want to do? Do you want to go to the zoo? Do you want to go, you know, whatever? So she said, yeah, let's go to the zoo. So I came to DC, and um, once again, Jory answered the door. Jory's really hot, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know him. He's super hot. Well, he would really, all my gay friends really love as well. Yeah, he's super hot. Um, sorry, Stephanie. Anyway, so we so we go to the zoo. We have a good time. Um, Jory's really cool. Stephanie uh, is, of course, always always fun. And uh, we need to go back to the car. And I'm I'm one of those people that if you sort of rely on me to know where to go, I immediately become. I'm like, yes, of course, I know exactly where to go. This is exactly where we need to be headed. So I, I'm going where I think our car should be. <laughs> it is not. Um, and all of a sudden, now we're climbing over, like, hills. And, like, off like off trail. Like, this is not, like, the sidewalk that the zoo has that are already, like, we're, like, climbing over hills and we're digging through dirt and we're going through trees. And I'm like, I know that the car is over here this way. And I'm a, I also, I hate dirty hands. Like, I hate when my hands feel dirty. So, of course, I'm like, oh, my hands are dirty. And 
my new um, Adidas shoes were getting like messed up and I was like crying about it and Stephanie of course was just laughing hysterically and I'm sure Jory was just like who the fuck is this guy and what is happening we finally get back to the car and I was like you guys my hands are dirty I don't even want to drive my car <laughs> um, but yeah it was it was fun it was an adventure and then I ended up accidentally hitting one of Stephanie's neighbors with um, the, I, I, I bumped her bumper when I was trying to parallel park and uh, that was also just an experience because I left of course, I'm a responsible citizen I left a note with my insurance information and my um, phone number for um, her to call me and uh, she was like, Quentin, you hit this car and I'm like, of course I did because, you know, nothing can be that simple but anyway Good times. I'm really glad that you just recorded this, asshole. We may or may not edit it in or out. <laughs> may, may or may not. It may or may not end up on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, well do your introduction. <laughs> oh, oops. Welcome to episode 12 of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast, where each Monday we pair the finest of cocktails with the finest of graphic novels and comic books. Uh, go to www.funnybooksandfirewater.com to find all of our drink recipes featured on the show, as well as links to our social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. Uh, and this week we are discussing Kingdom Come, and we are a partially live show today. Well, not we're always live, I guess, to a certain extent. Um, but three of us are in the same room, which is a remarkable feat for us. Yeah. Woo! Spring break! Yeah. Uh, there's lots of titties everywhere. Um, and one of us yeah, is... Yeah, they're all mine. Uh, that was the last book. Oh, yeah, that, that was the last book we recorded. Uh, and then, uh, and then come in the title, so. <laughs> and it starts already. Uh, <laughs> so, so who's uh, the dom and who's the king? Yeah. Uh, since I never get my intro in, I will say, hey, I'm Brian. Um, I am uh, the cat herder of this uh, this little show here. Uh, and uh, if you're in the uh, Utah area, uh, I'm doing some shows for the uh, Old Lyric Repertory Theater Company. Uh, they're doing a bunch of comedies that have. Uh, Already started and they've been uh, very popular, but uh, they're doing uh, in rep. So depending on where you're, when you're there, depends on what show's going. So they, they cycle through the course of summer, but they're doing uh, Arsenic and Old Lace um, with a guest actor in every episode who plays Mr. Gibbs, who is a uh, poor befuddled old man who uh, doesn't realize that he has basically walked into a uh, a den where he could very easily be killed. Um, and then uh, I am doing uh, Baskerville, which is a comedy version of The Hounds of Baskerville, very highly influenced by. Um, Young Frankenstein and then uh, they're also doing Singing in the Rain which I'm having a little bit to do with but uh, I'm not fully designing it um, and then uh, they're doing You Can't Take It With You which is also comedy so there's lots of uh, funny good stuff uh, so if you want to go see some theater go check that out uh, also here in the room with me from Big Movie Mouth Off and uh, Big Shiny Robot um, not Big Movie Mouth Off that's not, not yet you. not yet Board that. Board as hell sorry <laughs> I was going to say anything with big in the title has Adam in it you know, just ask his husband <laughs> but unfortunately that was wrong sorry from Board as Hell podcast and from Big Shiny Robot we have Adam hello I'm Adam uh, from from whence he said uh, <laughs> currently or not uh, currently on pins and needles waiting to see if I'm going to be a homeowner within the next couple weeks uh, right yeah <laughs> My condolences. <laughs> it'll be fine. We'll have a housewarming party. It'll be fine. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, it's uh, summer movies, reviewing stuff. Uh, hopefully, you'll find us on Metacritic soon. That's kind of my project right now, um, which will be a big step for us and get us, you know, kind of a fun thing. Um, my drink recommendation for this week is uh, 
called Fit for a Queen. Uh, and it's, it's fancy. So uh, it involves you do an ounce of vodka, a half ounce of Grand Marinier, uh, the juice of half a lime, a uh, tiny bit of triple sec, and you mix it together on a champagne flute. You fill the flute with you know the, a nice champagne of your choice, and add uh, two dashes of the orange bitters, which is my new favorite thing right now because I've just discovered it. <laughs> um, and it's fancy, and you drink it with your pinky out, and you'll be as much as a queen as I am. Ah, fantastic. Almost as much of the queen as uh, Todd, but we are in his lovely living room and his wife walked through, so we won't call him too much of a queen in front of her. Uh, I will. We also have Todd. <laughs> <who's there. laughs> Hi, I'm Todd. I live here in Utah as well. I do a bunch of things no one's ever going to know about, and that's just fine. <laughs> I've all. seen the picture. <laughs> you should be very proud of that. <laughs> I am, but... I follow your Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be on Tumblr later. The, um, yeah, I'm just here in Utah doing my thing here. Just a big enthusiast of comics and booze. Um, the drink I'm pimping out, I guess, for this episode is called the Hiroshima. It sounds a little bit off for the title, but if you read the book later on, you'll understand. And it's basically four ounces of whiskey and two ounces of extra dry vermouth. And it's kind of a tough drink to get through, but so is a nuclear blast. <laughs> so, yeah. Speaking of nuclear blast, uh, my husband, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my sweet husband who's at work right now, he is like. Also a very lovely queen, um, uh, the loveliest of queens from the exotic far-reaching land of La Plata, Maryland, we have... Uh, uh, once again, your audio went out, so I don't know what that introduction was. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> hi. Uh, so once again, I'm uh, I'm I'm Q. I live in Maryland. I do uh, shows at the Port Tobacco Players, and we're currently in the middle of 1776. Upcoming, I have uh, White Christmas and Sister Act musical, which I'm very excited to be um, costume designing. Um, another super cool thing that I've kind of been asked to do is, um, I think I might have mentioned before, but with uh, Gypsy and with The Tempest, I've been asked to create some costumes that are going to light up, which I do have some experience with um, lights inside costumes, but uh, these two things are a little bit more extensive, and I'm very excited to be experimenting and doing science and technology with costuming. Um, so as far as drink rec recommendations, I'm not going to go into the full like list of how to make things uh, because it's a couple of different things that will be posted on our website, but I'm doing Kingdom Come Shots, and um, it's, it's sort of a four horsemen type of shot with uh, all of the biblical themes and the fact that this is a literal apocalypse that could end the world. Um... But the four shots are based on uh, four of the main characters of the book. I have the Big Blue, which is based on Superman, the Dark Knight, based on Batman, the Amazon, based on Wonder Woman, and the Spear of God, based on the Spectre. And, um... <laughs> and once again, uh, the full recipes will be listed on our website. I emailed them to Brian earlier. Um, some of them sound amazing because uh, me and my friend Ben were just sort of, uh, as we we're lounging by the pool today, um, oh, coming up with these recipes. Oh, yeah. 
And uh, so I'm actually, once, uh, once again, I'm also, uh, fingers crossed, hoping to be a homeowner soon. And um, once I get my own bar, I'm going to go back through our list of cocktails and trying to uh, make some of these and see whether or not they're actually any good. Um, but, uh, yeah, so go to our website and look up uh, the Kingdom Come Shots. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm very excited to see. The problem is, one of them's a real couch. <laughs> the spear of God. <laughs> On a side note, it's anyone, a chewy one. <laughs> anyone who says home ownership is an investment or lying lies. Uh, and the only non-homeowner or soon-to-be homeowner here <laughs> is me, and I didn't give a drink. Uh, because it's a Superman comic, I have. I looked up a drink and I found a Metropolis cocktail. Um, and it is uh, one ounce of uh, Mandarin vodka. It is one splash of triple sec, one splash of lime juice, and one splash of cranberry juice. You shake it all together, strain it in a glass, but it, it sounds nice. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> mainly kind of an orangey vodka drink, but uh, yeah. So this week we are discussing, as we said earlier, Kingdom Come, written by uh, Mark Wade and illustrated by Alex Ross. If you've never seen a book illustrated by Alex Ross, be prepared. The illustrations are beautiful. And oftentimes, in my opinion, the illustrations way outshine over the actual story. Pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, he also did a, a book called Marvels. It's almost the same case, where it's Marvels, uh, not to get too far off track, but it's Alex Ross. Because we never do that. Yeah, we what? never do that. Yes. What are we talking about again? Yeah. We are known for consistency <laughs> for a subject. That is what we are known for. Focus. <laughs> We're focused. I'm really good at staying on subject, especially as I'm on my second glass of vodka. <laughs> yeah, uh, we also drank in between episodes, so this will be very interesting. Sixteen-year-old um, rum. Yeah. <laughs> tasty sixteen-year-old rum. We might add. So thank you, Adam, for bringing that over. Um, but yeah, so uh, this is a. Uh, well, sorry. Going back to Marvels. Uh, it's sort of like a, a history of the Marvel Universe in theory, and it's all uh, it's all illustrated by Alex Ross. Alex Ross basically paints his uh, comic pages. He does not he doesn't draw them in a typical fashion. They all kind of like oil paintings and things like that. So we're just supposed to look at. Uh, I often find the stories that are associated with those um, not amazing, uh, but so this is a book of uh, it's an alternate uh, reality for uh, these universe uh, where basically you have. Superman and then a lot of the other superheroes that have followed have sort of retired to a certain extent and a lot of new younger uh, superheroes have kind of come in and taken over and have slowly kind of abused their powers and fucked everything up and led the world to near annihilation which draws Superman back out of uh, retirement and then he has to basically kind of uh, re-raise an army of superheroes to uh, combat it. Um, the story is kind of told, for lack of a better description, kind of like the... Uh, the ghost of Christmas's future from uh, Christmas Story or Christmas Carol, where uh, you have a, a preacher who's uh, a little bit lacking in faith uh, with all the super characters around, who is sort of led around. Does anybody know the actual character who's leading him around? Is that Norman McKay? Norman McKay. Yeah. Once again, I've read this book like eight thousand times. So yeah. <laughs> That's the guy who's getting led around. Yes. What's the character who is like the ghost? The Spectre. Spectre. Okay, so Spectre is leading him around and basically showing him the events that are going to. Yeah, we saw him last in the James Bond movie. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, a lot of disappointment. <laughs> which, which, which also, uh, side note, Norman McKay's uh, looks in the book are based on Alex Ross's father. Um, okay. So that, that was always kind of kind of cool to me. Strangely, that's always I miss that because your guys' audio sucks right now. Technology. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, 
But uh, yeah, Alex Ross actually has a tendency, uh, a couple of books I've seen, they will show his process and he does a lot of photographs of people and then paints, draws and paints based on that. So a lot of times you will see uh, characters that look like apparently real people that he knows. Um, but yeah, so the story, the way it's laid out is kind of interesting. I feel like it kind of takes a long time to get to where it's going, but it has a lot to do with um, superheroes taking responsibility for what they're actually doing. Um, and you know, faith in humanity versus faith in superheroes, um, and that's kind of the, the jumping off point there. Um, um, so I love this book. I've been obsessed with this book since, once again, as I've said numerous times before, I was a huge Wizard uh, Magazine uh, follower. So how I found out about this book was Wizard Magazine having advertisements for this story. And um, I didn't buy it and read it until it came out in trade, but I followed everything about it um, through the sketches, the um, you know inspirations that they were having, all of the like inside details about the story. And when I bought the trade, I made sure to buy the one that had that sort of appendix at the end that explained a lot of the um, a lot of the back um, story of creating this comic book, and it is so amazing. And I and I've spoken about this before. Um, but I was a little bit mistaken. I'm going to correct myself in something that I said previously where um, towards the end of the story, um, Green Arrow is holding his uh, dying daughter when in the book it's actually um, holding his dying wife and or dead because, you know, we really don't know. Um, but the great thing about this book is because Alex Ross paints, like literally hand paints all of his art, it takes him a really long time. And when it takes that long, you can put all of these little details into the book and it just makes it so much richer. And once again, uh, having like sort of the side stories and the, and the um, inside information about the book, there's things like there's Rorschach from... Um, from Watchmen in the story. There's, um, I now can't remember their names, but the two human characters from Super Friends are in the story. The Beatles, the village people. Um, there's just all of these little cameos and stories and a lot of comic book creators that are sort of um, in the background. Bjork makes uh, two cameos in the story. Um, there's just lots of little details in this story that are just so amazing and make this so 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 much richer of a story. No, it's really weird you mentioned uh, so I, uh, yeah, I, I read it today, um, and I, I mentioned before I had to kind of finish here because my mom called mom takes precedence. Uh, so I, I didn't, you know, I, the art's amazing. For me, the art makes this book. I love every single every single panel. Like I could almost, if you pulled out the, the word balloons, you can blow it up, frame it, and put it on your wall. You can yeah. literally every single panel. And there's very few books I can say that about. Um, and as a, uh, <clears throat> hold on, it was time. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I, I just swallowed it over. No. Uh, I, I'm very much more of a plot and a, a dialogue person, so uh, it's, it's really come across a book that's so well drawn that just you and your eyes draw to every single frame, and that's fantastic. But yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the Warshacks in it because this almost feels to me kind of like Watchmen meets Civil War. Um, mm -hmm. like you kind of get the, 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 the two warring factions fighting, you've got the secret prison that everyone's hanging out in. And when, when did this book come out again? What year? 97. Yeah. 97. If anything, Civil War was more influenced by this. Um, that's not the artwork, because that artwork in Civil War is horrible. Um, 
But yeah, it, it, it kind of had that vibe to it. Uh, I, I, yeah, I love the art. I can't say enough good things about it. I love the book until about halfway through. And then for me, it just, it, I think it should have been about half as long as it should have been. It, just, it seemed like it, it was only four issues. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's only four issues. But it should have been three issues. It, it, uh, <laughs> I kind of agree that it does, for me, it started to drag a little bit at certain points in time. Yeah, the, the middle part's kind of, you, you know, it's explaining the story, you get it there, and it picks up at the end. But, like, the, I mean, the opening couple shots where it's talking about, you know, Revelation and, uh, you know, all, all stuff from biblical uh, apocalypse with, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Wesley. I love that. I love so, so what, do, you, do you know who Wesley Dodds is, though? Ew. Wesley Dodds is the original Sandman. So he, so he is a former superhero. So that's another thing that I love about this book is that it gives you the rich history of the DC universe. And once again, I'm a Marvel person, as I've mentioned before, but you know, I'm also, as I've also said, uh, a huge fan of Wikipedia and you know, reading about other uh, characters and other universes and all that stuff. And this this book knows its shit as far as like. Um, comic book history. Because, like, once again, this character who dies in the very beginning, Wesley Dodds, he is the original Sandman that then every other Sandman is, you know, comes from. Um, Like, every person who appears in the comic book is somebody. Like, they they are someone who has played some sort of role in the DC universe at some point. And even though, once again, the only reason I know who everybody is is because, you know, I had all the, the... you know, I read all of the backstories and the creator, and I had you know the the posters with it being labeled as to who everyone is, and you know you don't really get that just from reading the story, but knowing that the people uh, Mark Wade and Alex Ross went into the story being like every all of these people have some sort of history in this universe it was so great. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, you're fine. I, I think you probably get point up is uh, much like you on Marvel. I, I read you know the. Prerequisite, you know, comics. Every you know, fan should read like Killing Joke and um, Hush and Long Halloween and more kind of Batman stuff. So I think if I had been more steeped in the DC universe, a lot of this would have made more sense. Um, which, which I will say, is DC's downfall. Which I think I've mentioned before with all of their the Crisis, the Infinity uh, War, you know, all those things. That's usually their downfall. Is that there's there's so many. It's such an old universe that it has such a huge history that you know a lot of people can get lost if they don't know what's up. Like um, just the like that first battle that takes place in Kansas with um, Captain Adam, Judo Master, um, all of those kind of characters. All of those guys are the Fawcett characters that um, DC acquired. And the fact that, you know, then they put them on a team, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like these are the characters that we bought from Fawcett. Um, it, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, all those little inside things that are, are, are so interesting. And the, as, you know, Brian said earlier, the, um, you know, it's that new generation that's coming up and they're a little bit more reckless, a little more wild, where you can't really tell who are the villains and who are the heroes because they're all just fighting each other all the time. But once again, each one has some sort of tie back to a previous character. But And, and then once again, it's not explicitly stated. Um, but once again, for me, being the person who, you know, read all of the stuff before reading the story, um, like, one of my favorite characters and character designs is Nightstar, who is never named on panel, but she's, she's on panel a lot, um, and she's the daughter of Starfire and Nightwing, 
and um, kind of plays a, a, a little bit of a, a, of a of a good supporting role in the story. Like I, I love the fact that you see this character and her costume looks a little familiar. She's got that you know the the green eyes of Starfire. She's you know, but she kind of looks like Robin. Um, and you're just like, well, you know, who is this? And then, you know, as you see her later in the story, she's, you know, usually with Robin. She does save him in the end, all that stuff. I, I, I love all of these little side stories that aren't even, like, in the forefront. They're all off to the side. In the yeah, end. and what's funny is I just flipped it open as you were talking, and <clears throat> it ended up on a page where you've got Wonder Woman and Superman sitting on Green Lantern's little fortress up in space. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me think of like going back to like I said it was like Doctor Manhattan on Mars when he makes his little in the Watchmen when he makes his little castle there and stuff. So I don't know. Like I I, I like a lot of the book. Um, I think it's one that would repeat reads where I could actually kind of slow down and pay more attention to every single panel. Like you said to find the Easter eggs, I'd probably do it a little bit more. Um, but I'm still kind of like I, I still feel that it started out strong and is strong in the middle. Of this. Mm-hmm. See, for me, reading this book, this is one of the very first ones I ever bought. I got in comics when I was a little bit older, while so much against it. And the artwork is definitely what sold me on this, but also looking into it, it just filled me with a sense of wonder, is there so much backstory there? I sensed I was missing something. And it was just the hope, as you kept looking at it, it's like, is there something I can see here and discern more of this history? And as you look at it from shot to shot, the story, in a lot of its way, just kind of disappears for good and bad, because that artwork is so outstanding, and it just made me absolutely fall in love with Alex Ross. And I will say, I went back to Marvels again, and I was like, "Oh, Alex Ross is so great. Let me go read Marvels." And I was bored. Yeah, I, I will say about Marvels, it is a boring fucking story. It yeah. was bored. I'm like, I got it, and it's not enough. The story for Kingdom Come of end times really did its decent job and going over it again and this is one again i'll read time and time again just as much for the artwork and as much as anything else is the humor that gets infused with the characters and you can just tell between alex ross and mark wade uh, even though the story in and of itself may not have its weak moments uh they know the batman just as well as anything else i mean at near the end credits it says batman is now dropped the black and taken the white, he still has a little bit of black on him as he's walking around. He's got health, and he's an older man, got a bit of an exoskeleton, and it looks more like he's wearing black wings on a white outfit of everything else. And then he walks up to a Lex Luthor, who is under a mind control of sorts, and he's just razzing Lex Luthor and giving him shit. And you're like, that is hilarious. And, and speaking of Batman's comedy, um, when Superman goes to talk to Batman about like, hey, you know, shit's going down, I need your help, and Batman continually calls him Clark, and ba- and Superman says, don't call me Clark. Like, he says, don't call me Clark, and then goes back into what he feels like he needs to say, and then Batman answers his question and goes, Clark. Come on, Clark. Don't call me Clark. What are you going to do, Clark? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so good. Superman just disappears. He's like, uh-huh. huh? So that's what that feels like. Yeah, that's what that feels like. <laughs> yeah. I felt like the exoskeleton. Just going back on that for Batman reminded me a lot of Darth Vader. Like that front piece across his mouth. Like it screamed Darth Vader to me for some weird reason. Sure. And showing mm-hmm. is you've got all these superheroes, and it's years have passed. And at the end of the day, that exoskeleton shows the health is he's just a man. You have all these metahumans, as they're referred to. This not some 
super is used on occasion, but metahumans is most often. Mm-hmm. And then you still have this old, aged dude of Bruce Rain, Wayne. <laughs> Bruce Rain. Bruce Rain. Get off my line. But he's wearing this exoskeleton of, I am physically an elder of an age. He's no longer as with him as Superman, though he's got gray in his hair, it still seems to be at his full powers. Is he well, he's at his highest powers, actually. At his highest powers. So he is still adapting to the times and leveraging his bank account and the technology to continue with his dominance with his um, persona and his willingness to use the tools available to him. And so, and speaking of the tools that Batman uses, I also love that it's the older um, echelon of, of heroes, including the people that we've already been introduced to, like the original Teen Titans, versus all of the new people that Batman has has done got then has. So it's most mostly the kids of all of these people, because you know Batman is kind of like you know the cool dad, the rebellious one, the one who doesn't always play by the rules. Um, whereas, like, Superman gets, you know, the everyone who's right on, t- you know, the straight arrows, the, the, the people who are always following that, that the hard line of, I'm a hero, where Batman is like, well, I got these kids, you know, they're kind of crazy, but I'm, you know, I'm down with that. And I, I, I love that, too, because the, the book kind of, the sides come in, the, it come in three. There's the, sup- the villains who kind of really even aren't that big of a side. It really comes down to Batman versus Superman uh, and no, it's not like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Uh, um, but it, 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 it shows the, the uh, ideologies of these people where Superman is, no, we are heroes and this is the way that we act and we have to do this and Batman's like, listen, I'm just trying to get the fucking job done. Yes, absolutely. Well, it was almost more like with, with the exception of uh, Shazam towards the or Captain Marvel towards the end. I mean, much like Civil War, like the the bad guys were themselves when they were fighting. I mean, it was it was interesting to see that um, when they're in this, this the Gulag super prison kind of thing, and that they're like, you know, dude, like why are we here? Like we helped we helped save off this thing. We helped save innocent lives. We made sure that people weren't suffering. Uh, and just because we are going to kowtow to this guy's line of what he thinks right and wrong is from the 1950s, it's bullshit that we're stuck here. Um, and again, like I, I think. Some of the most interesting stories that come from DC is when Superman kind of goes too far and takes his powers beyond what he should. So in this one, he's kind of like, you know, judge, jury, executioner of what right and wrong is. Um, and one of my favorite storylines, which actually comes from the video game of Injustice, was Superman taking over the whole world because he's considered to kill Lois Lane. He just goes crazy and, you know, it's, it's a timeline thing. Um, but that's always been my favorite thing about Superman is, because I'm not really a huge fan, but the whole thing... Um, which they particularly great in the movies too, you know, like or not, you know, Man of Steel and well, Man of Steel especially was. Mm-hmm. I mean, the scene where they put him in handcuffs and take him to like the holding cell, it's like, dude, he can snap those in two seconds. I mean, the fact that he's letting himself be taken away um, and then he switches all like a bug is like the highest redeeming quality of Superman. So it is interesting when he kind of goes against that in these alternate worlds and, you know, kind of lets him. And then in the book, when he goes crazy, he's going to go kill everyone. Like, like, oh my god, he welded the door shut. And like, all I could think of the whole time was like, this is like Carrie, this is like Carrie, this is like Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> of course my mind would go there. Um, but yeah, it's so, you know, a lot of stuff here I love a lot. I want to definitely go back and read it again. 
Um, it takes a little more time with it. And, and 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 the thing is that it will get better as you read more into it and take the time to to see all of the little details, all of the little things. Um, I, as I, once again, I, I keep talking, keep reiterating things that I've said before, but my favorite things are just the, the, the side stories that are happening in this, like the fact that Batman's son, who became a character in, um, in the regular DC con- continuity, but named Damian Wayne, is in, is in this book, um, and, um, once again, his name literally means son of the bat, um, but it's in Arabic. And the fact that then he has this flirtatious relationship with Nightstar, who is, you know, the original Robin's daughter, is, like, I, I love that. I love that about the story. It, and the fact that it's it's not, like, a major thing that is, like, flat-out stated, you know, we have to have this sidebar saying, and Nightstar starts flirting with Batman's son. And the only reason I keep calling it Batman's son because I can't pronounce the Arabic name that he has in this story. Um, <laughs> Nobody it's, cares. It, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> Ibn uh, uh, Al Shafu Yeah, whatever it is. It's Ibn Al X U F F A S C H. Once again, lots of lots of letters. Um, but the fact that they have this flirtatious relationship, and she even stops uh, the Huntress from hurting him. In, in the the thing where they try to take over the you know the villain sort of crime syndicate that they've got going on, it, it's once again that kind of stuff is so interesting to me. Or the fact that um, uh, what's uh, there's there's the there's like the little in team. So like the original Teen Titans joined Batman, but all of their children or, or they joined Superman, but all of their children um, join Batman, and all of the male Teen Titans have daughters. And the one female Teen Titan, Wonder Girl, has a son. And once again, like, those little tidbits are really what make this book for me. What's the story with uh, 666, who basically looks like the uh, uh, Rob Halford, the lead singer of uh, Judas Priest? He, he he's he's literally just that he's he's this guy who um he takes it to the extreme um, and a lot of these um, newer characters kind of play on that 1990s um, to the extreme like with Cable in the Marvel universe and um, with the new Batman that came out uh, uh, Azrael when uh, Batman broke his back like these people who take that violence to the extreme and he is just that epitome of I'm a hero but I will literally kill people to make sh- you know to to stop quote crime I'm just saying he's fighting crime having exposed nipple rings is probably not the best way to go about doing it but, I mean right right but and, and but then like the interesting thing is he is one of the servants Survivors of this story. Um, oh wait, is that him or is that the other one who has the swastika? That's the swastika guy. Um, I thought he did. It, 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 I could be wrong. Anyway, I, God, I just, I just love the story. You know, I really love it too. Even you see Superman going to Darkseid's planet. Even Darkseid has been replaced at this time by Orion, and it's showing that even though time moves on, time has passed. You've got the replacements for all these characters that are different. Yeah, familiar. So you've got Darkseid for in the DC universe as a big daddy. And but his replacement's like, you know, I got the job and I was hoping to change things, but I'm just like he was because he was dealing with shit that I wasn't really aware of and his way works pretty well. As much as you hate to say like Saddam was saying you missed the guy. 
<laughs> because you missed off the same a little bit. <laughs> Look what we have today. I didn't know the man, but <clears throat> so we have Saddam Hussein. He kept kind of things in order and control, but it's new people, single shit. Even though how old things are and they pass, and you've got Superman asking for wisdom and help, and then he even shows a shot with old school Aquaman. He's like, "Well, I'm not Aquaman anymore. It's passed on to one of my kids." But at the same time, it's like, guys, deal with it. What you're talking about is any different than it has been. And even with Batman, he goes to the story again. He's like, oh, things are so terrible. And Batman's like, Clark, you've been gone for 10 years. It's been terrible this whole time. It's always been terrible. What you're talking about is, oh, it's worse now. He's like, man, it still just is. And it continues to have the same problems. This whole climaxes. And a lot of people die. A lot of people survive it. And they go on, it's like, well, what do we do now? It's like, well, nothing's been solved. We just need to keep moving forward. So, so uh, kind of with that same thing of, you know, Superman's been gone for 10 years, that that upper echelon of heroes like Bat- or Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, Batman, The Flash, um, Aquaman, those characters, because they have become so revered, have removed themselves from... Um, humanity, and then that, and then that starts the problem because then who takes their place? But these, you know, these young and upstarts who are a little rougher, a little more edgy, um, that kind of thing. Because it, it, you know, Aquaman retreats to the ocean, Wonder Woman goes back to Themyscira, Superman, you know, retires to to you know his wherever his, his fortress of solitude. Batman, even though he's still monitoring Gotham City. He's not there. He has these robots to do his thing. The Flash has literally become the speed force, and he is just a white or a red sort of cloud that covers his city at all times. Um, so and so like and then that's kind of the point at the end is and, and Green Lantern, who is Alan Scott in the story, lives on a space station um, of his own creation. And it's the fact that they've removed themselves, which is why then there's this. You know this giant problem, and the fact that they need to bring themselves down in order to um, really be a part of the world's politics. Well, yeah, it's like it's nature abhors a vacuum. So when you when you take away these forces that have been there and that have been stagnant mankind for good or bad, however you want to look at that, mm-hmm. um, of course something else is going to step in, and then, and that goes back to what I said earlier was that you know the, these younger kiddos who maybe they didn't do things exactly the way the old people did, maybe it was a little bit riskier and kind of out there. Um, you know, they still view themselves, you know, they, you know no one views themselves as, you know, no one's back and, well, maybe we're from, and it's like, oh, ha, 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 you know, and, you know, it's like, you know people, I'm sure even Hitler looked at, you know, what he was doing and thought he was doing the right thing. You know, I'm not saying that, I'm not comparing anyone to Hitler, I'm just saying that no one, no bad person ever thinks of a bad person. Um, no one's ever the villain in their own story. Exactly. But villain's also, <clears throat> villainy's also much more interesting than heroism, so... Which we discussed earlier, we discussed the uh, the Luther comic as well, where it's mm-hmm. like Luther's perspective on why he hates Superman and all that whole nine yards as well. So, uh, and Q, I was wondering since you've done all the research on the back stuff, there's a bunch of stuff about like ears and like a worm in the ear and mm-hmm. it crawls out. So, what is? Can you give me some back? So, so that's the, that's from. Um... What's his name? Doctor something something. He's an old um, Shazam villain, 
and it, it's just a, you know the simple mind control thing and what Lex Luthor is doing so the the whole thing is that Billy Bastion as we know is the the child that becomes Captain Marvel and um, as he grows up he then looks like Captain Marvel and the things that Lex Luthor knows that I I can't control Captain Marvel however I can control Billy Bastion or is it Bastion or Bastion anyway whatever um and so that, that, that's what he's doing. He's trying, he's doing what he knows he can do, which is I have the superhero in my back pocket. So I'm, but I, the only way I know to control him is to control his human form. But because he looks like Captain Marvel, people are still afraid of, of him. And, uh, but those, those little earworm things, that's a, a, an old, uh, Captain Marvel thing that, you know, happened probably in like the 1940s, 1950s. Um, and once again, they're throwing it back to that kind of story. Um, yeah. I, uh, God damn it. There's so many things that I want to talk about that I'm just like, you know, whatever. Just go read this book. It's so good. I was going to read it multiple times because you will, you will miss things in that first reading um, because in the first reading all you're doing is just trying to get through it so you know what's going on the second time you're going to take a little bit longer to sort of look at the pictures and really see um, you know what's happening who is in the background it's so important in this story to look at all of the things that are happening in the background um, in fact there's the uh, Alex Ross has stated that he put um, a rough sex scene in the, in the book and um, so then everyone was kind of looking through it to find out where it was and it's actually in the club scene where Superman comes in to recruit the kids that are in the bar and uh, the Ray is having sex with uh, some hapless person up against the stage of whatever this bar is up there in and it, it, once again it's such a little a little thing it's, it, it, there's nothing about it but it's just it's just so so great I just love I just love it um, and then and then of course the the other thing that I love about the story is um, I, it's because I bought the collection I don't know if it's in the regular story but there's the uh, one year later scenes did you is, is, is that all in the stories that you guys read it's, it's great. And the fact that they go to a Planet Hollywood-type place where people are dressed up like the superheroes and there's the guy who's the mullet Superman and Clark is like, ooh, <laughs> you know, what's this? And then there's the girl that comes over dressed as Robin and Batman's like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's hey, such well, bullshit. well, do you think you want the Flash burrito? Steak. Well done. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and she's like, well, what do you want? He's like, steak. Well done. That's it. Duh. Yes. But there's a ponytail Superman in this book at one point in time as well. Yes, there yeah, is. It's in the, it's in yeah, yeah, there is. Uh, Magon goes on trial for killing the Joker. Be- because once again, this was written in, you know, 96, 97 when people were, the ponytail Superman happened in like 93, 94. And the people were just like, ponytail Superman. So how Superman is first introduced? He's got a ponytail. You're welcome, America. <laughs> but eventually he cuts it off, thank God. Yeah. And then he throws a mullet. Okay, keep, okay, but but for real, like you guys keep talking. I have to pee so bad. I, I'm halfway through my second glass of vodka. <laughs> so with this, there's also a sequel to this book, just called The Kingdom, and one should avoid that. Is that good? Well, the challenge is Alex Ross going to do the art on the follow up, mm-hmm. and the arts. It looks like okay. dog <laughs> And you know, in and of itself, I mean, it's okay. I mean, it's very it's comic book art per se. 
but it's not Alex Ross art. And I was like, oh, I love this book so much. I want to go read the sequel and just absorb everything I can about it. And it's even the story's even weaker. The art's even weaker. And it's just like someone puked up lunch and ate it again. And it's just mm. not Ooh. worth it. Tasty. Yes. I, was, I was hungry for dinner, but. But yeah, I was hungry. But oh, let's just have lunch again. Barf that back up and let's eat again. Ooh. Like, isn't this. The meal was so good the first time, it must be good the second. That reminds me of James Alabob Strike Back. So, it isn't. So, The Kingdom is something to avoid. That's Absolutely. Good to know. So, don't bother. And if you wrote The Kingdom, yeah, you know it too. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I, I guess I just I need to go back and read it again. I mean, it's I didn't dislike it by any means. I you know, I just I just felt kind of left let down in the middle. But you know, hearing everything, like, especially with Q, because this is mm-hmm. one of his favorite books, and Todd, you obviously yes. love it. Um, I can see there's a lot that you get from future reading. So it's um, and actually, I, I love that about a book, so, you know, any kind of book series or mm-hmm. movie. Or essentially a comic book where, you know, the second time you go through and the third time and sometimes even the fourth time, you're still catching things because it's very rare you come across any kind of uh, entertainment media where that happens. I mean, most time, you know, um, like, oh, okay, I think example. So, like, Inside Out. Yeah, you know, I love Inside mm-hmm. Out. I love it. It's one I played through the last year. I think it's been out there in this picture. At the same time, I've gone back and watched it multiple times since then. And I enjoyed it every single time, but I didn't even knew about it. Maybe you noticed like one or two other things, like you know when you when you see like the the control panel on the mom's head, you notice that they're all like sadness is at the helm, and then when you see the dad's head, you notice the anger is at the helm, and so everyone has their own different kind of take. Um, but I didn't go back and be like, oh, I, I didn't even see this the first time. Like, how did I miss that? That's so cool. Uh, this though, I can tell that with repeat readings. You're gonna get that sense of like, oh crap! I need like, like you mentioned with Steve Warshak or mm-hmm. other characters like who I love. Um, that just kind of slips through the cracks because again, you're the first part. You want to find out what happens and where it's going and how it's gonna end and how it's gonna be resolved. And um, that's really cool that you have. You can have a, a book that will do that. For you. And with that again, going through it is it's done in such a way as you've got someone who's not familiar. When I first read it, I wasn't that very familiar with these things and it was thoroughly enjoyable, or if you have someone that is so in with the intricacies of just craziness of how much the history is, there's plenty of stuff for them there too. So having a story that's great for a noob or someone who is fully baked and being fried into it as well is oftentimes kind of a rare thing with all its faults that it does possess, the fact that it can be just cut across the whole strata of fandom of the newness and the unknown versus the deep fried unknown so well is rare yeah. in many ways. Um, I, so um, another thing that I love about this book, it, I actually really enjoy the character designs, um, the, uh, especially the newer designs for the um, established characters. Uh, I... I, I I felt I felt like it it says so much about where the characters have been and where it is they're going to where like Superman has the more angular s which looks more alien and then the black background instead of the yellow background um, Wonder Woman being a little bit more uh, Grecian in her in her wardrobe Batman of Batman of course with the exosuit um, so that way he can just like breathe and walk um, is is awesome 
and and also in the in the newer characters i love i love the redesign or the the design elements that can harken back to some of the older characters because since obviously a lot of them are legacies um and and also the other thing um when i was doing uh you know when i read all the the backstory on this thing this to me is even though most people think this is a superman book I see this as a Wonder Woman book. Um, once again, being a, a huge Wonder Woman fan, because Batman and Superman in this story haven't really changed that much. Ba uh, Superman is still that sort of Boy Scout wanting to follow all the rules. Batman is still that edgy guy who is, you know, breaking the rules to get the, the results. And um, Mark Waid and Alex Ross both said that the hardest character to create for this story was Wonder Woman because she is her whole mission is to come from Themyscira and teach man's world peace. However, she is the ultimate warrior. And in this story, we see that she has become more violent. She totally stabs that one dude through the chest. And Superman, once again, is disagreeing with her. He's like, uh, we shouldn't be doing this. The woman's like, uh, fuck you. We got, you know, like, I, you know, th this is war. This is what we have to do. And Wonder Woman literally dons armor to go to battle. When usually, you know, bef previous to this, Wonder Woman's just like, you know, here's my little uh, bikini top and, uh, you know, uh, can control waist bottoms. Yeah, my big granny panties. And, you know, I'm with my bracelets, where in this story, she puts on full armor with these battle wings, carries a spear, carries a sword, which then has, since this story, has become sort of a, a thing for Wonder Woman to always have a sword with her, to have a shield, to be that sort of uh, battle, that, that battle ready, that warrior that previously she hasn't been. And I, and I love that. I love that there's this extra dynamic to the character because I mean she was trained to fight but she's supposed to be bringing peace what you know that that dichotomy of the, of, of her character um, is really played out in this story um, and it, it, once again as a, as a Wonder Woman fan it's so great because in, in Red Sun which we, we which we we've talked about previously Wonder Woman is sort of like the side character because it's obviously more of a Superman story and she just kind of goes along with Superman and then when he betrays her she switches sides where in this Wonder Woman has her own agenda she is trying to do what she feels is right and not just following Superman not just following Batman she's doing what she thinks is going to bring about the results that she wants which is peace once again once again I'm halfway through glass two of vodka <laughs> Well, before we lose you entirely to uh, all of Glass 2 Vodka, do you want to give us kind of your final thoughts and review on this? I highly recommend this book. I love it. I, I have been reading this book over and over since 1998. Like, you know, when, the, when it was first traded. Um, I remember I bought this from a Barnes & Noble. Um, it, and it, if, if, once again, if we were doing video, you guys could see that the the binding of this of my book is coming apart it is a well-read book um and and again every time you read it you are gonna find something new i recommend getting the you know making sure that you're reading those those appendixes um Again, there's there's a whole wizard article that went into all of the ins and outs of the story. I don't know if it's you know ever been published again, but it's a, one of the wizard magazines that I that I still have and that I keep. 
the the rich history that is in the story again these guys know the dc universe um as someone who is a visitor of the dc universe not someone who lives there like i live in the x-men universe it is it like this is how i know most of my dc knowledge is from reading this story and then finding out who the fuck all these people are um it is it is such to me even though the middle part, as a lot of you guys are saying, is a little boring, it can drag a little bit, but to me, you need that breather before then you go into the huge battle. People are dying. Uh, uh, you know, the war is on in that in that fourth book of this story, and it it's so great. It It's, a, it's another one of the few stories that I need, even though I didn't cry when I read the story, I felt emotionally drained after reading this story because a lot of the people that I loved like Black Canary dead Green Arrow dead like a lot of these people that you've grown to love as a comic book fan you know they're they're no more because it, it, a nuclear bomb goes off done people are people are done and it's anyway it's such a great book highly recommend talk amongst yourselves where um unlike last week's episode of bitch planet i'm gonna completely agree with you here <laughs> <laughs> i absolutely love this thing too and i do this is one of the ones i do find myself coming back to all the time and it does a great job of having you as you stare over the artwork of wanting to find out more there's not a whole lot of comics or stories i read in general i was like you know what i want to find out more about this character here and it does that well, and it imbues that with the art every bit as much. And I think this might be Alex Ross's best work. I've read some of his other stuff and seen him, he's always pretty. But this one just instills just the um, base essence of where characters have been and where they're going in such a way as like when Superman becomes an old man, he's better look like this. Because he looks like anything else, it's wrong. And it's going to look like this. <laughs> also, Superman is super hot in this book, too. <laughs> just FYI. He is a fine-looking gentleman. You, you like a- just, n- no shirt and overalls? I'm down. Superman, my phone number is 703. <laughs> there you go. Now we just need Henry Cavill to do this. So, But yeah, I absolutely love this. And I really um, just interest for anyone just to capture the artwork. When people go comics are just pulp and they're not a form of artwork. And I'm like, well, obviously you've never heard of Kingdom Come. If you can't take a look at that and tell me it's not absolutely breathtaking art. And even the um, opening from, there was only four trades and like the cover of four trades are just that intro in there. There's this night on Bald Mountain, just feeling to every single one of them of absolute foreboding and the end is nigh. I mean, it, it is amazing of just what color scene and scapes and how much you can just learn from watching how this was done going, this is some phenomenal work. And it's, the artwork was so good, it makes everything else kind of tough. And it really made the sequel awful. <laughs> so well, It's hard to compete with Alex Ross. It's hard to compete with Alex Ross. And the artwork on the sequel is just subpar in general. And compared to this, it's like someone got assigned, hey, you just got assigned to work here. How about you do the artwork for the follow-up to Kingdom Come? And they're like, well, shit. Yeah. Well, no matter what, it's not going to be good. So let's just get this over with. The sequel felt like just to get this over with. Well, this one is, I never want it to end. <laughs> <laughs>
in many ways. So yeah, that's my, read it. It's worth it. Read it, enjoy it and enjoy it again. When I, I'll jump in here. I feel like this is definitely one of those books you have to devote some time to researching because obviously Todd and Q have definitely had a greater appreciation for it than I have. Not to say I didn't like it, but I did feel like it dragged at certain points in time. Um, and there is so much there that it almost felt like doing homework to read through. You're like, holy shit, just a lot there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, the art itself will bring you back for more. Um, and uh, the story is, it's okay. Um, and I mean, it, it flows better than I would have expected because some of the other stuff like uh, I've, re- I've read that Alex Ross has done the art for that they just kind of almost phone in the, uh, the story just because they have Alex Ross doing the art. Um, this is definitely better than a lot of those. So, I mean, uh, it is recommended, but, uh, you know, be prepared to, uh, to have to work your way through some stuff a little bit. Adam, you got any final thoughts? Um, <clears throat> like I said, I, I did overall like the book. Um, and, and, you know, what we've said multiple times is that multiple meetings are kind of required to get the most out of it. And I'm sure as I go through and read it, which I really do want to, um, that middle part might feel more fleshed out and less like padding right now. Um, the best advice I can give you is, I mean, it's kind of a long trade. I mean, it's only, you mentioned it's only four inches, but it's over 200 pages long. Um, go slow. That's, yeah. that's, you know, take, like, Todd said, take time to go through and look at every panel, admire the art, uh, look for the hidden stuff, uh, and, you know, I, I'm interested to kind of go find more about the backstory of other people because, Aside from, you know, the main characters, like, pretty much the Justice League, and you see, that's about the extent of my knowledge. I don't really know much about Hawkman or, um, <clears throat> you know, the Black Canary and the other characters in here. So, uh, definitely multiple readings and definitely really slow. Uh, but, yeah, the artwork is absolutely fantastic. If anything, like I said, you could take any frame of this comic and move the word bubbles and you blow it up and frame it. I mean, there's not a bad scene in this entire thing, so... I'm excited to read it again. Uh, I don't love it yet, but I think that over time it could, you know, set on my shelf as one of my favorites. Cool. Uh, Q, do you have any recommendations for next week? Vodka. One second. I'm, I'm hitting that wall. I gotcha. <laughs> um, uh, vodka. But uh, I just, I want to gush some more about this. Like, you guys, go read this. It's so good. Um, uh, rec- recommendations. Um, uh, shit. See, I didn't get this far in my pre-planning. <laughs> sorry, sorry, guys. Um, but, but, uh, I mean, here's something that's like a general rule, which I've said before. Go out and experience art. Go, uh, this, this, I'm obviously drunk because I'm getting real schmoopy. Um, go out and, ex- and experience art. Read, read comic books. Go see live theater. Go to a concert. Read books. Like, just go experience things. Um, Just a little personal side note. It's been a a rough couple weeks for me as far as, like, work and real life goes. Um, So it's been really awesome to be able to read these books, talk about things that I enjoyed talking about. Um, And, you know, just also in my theater life, being able to uh, create costumes and all that stuff. Go do that shit. It's good for your life. It's good for the world. Um, I'm going to take another shot and leave it to the rest of y'all fuckers to talk. <laughs> but, uh, I'm schmoopy. Done. Uh, ten four. Uh, so, who wants to go? I'll, I'll go really fast. Yeah. Um, so this kind of falls along with my 
recommendation from a couple weeks ago. Uh, Grizzly Shark versus Sea Bear just came out, and I'm dying <laughs> to go home and read this. Uh, again, this is like if Jaws met Tucker and Dale versus Evil, and it's so much fun. And it take if you even remotely enjoyed any of the stupid Sharknados or that kind of stuff. Uh, it's actually smart humor. It's not dumb humor like that, but. It just, it's bloody, it's over the top, it's almost kind of anime style, mm-hmm. uh, but it's so much fun and it's hilarious and if you love Jaws or anything else, you need to read this book. Um, also, when this comes out, Civil War uh, 2, Volume 2 will be out, or Issue 2. Um, I know there's been some mixed thoughts on what's going on with this precog mutant, or inhuman, excuse me, um, and how the, the first issue ended with you know some main characters dying or possibly dying. Uh, I'm honestly loving it though. I I'm interested to see where they go, and it's kind of funny to see the characters on opposite ideological sides they were in the first Civil War. So the art's much better, and I'm not having a blast with that. So Civil War and Grizzly Shark versus Sea Bear are my recommendations for. Actually, we'll a couple weeks ago because by the time you hear this, it'll be out. So yeah, yeah. Actually, the one I'm gonna recommend is Lock and Key. We did a couple weeks ago, and it's a bit of a horror story is there's one out called Witches, and it's written by Scott Snyder with art by Jock. And um, the art's a lot, I've always been a big fan of Jock and his artwork. But this one is disturbing to watch, and the way the artwork is done, it always feels like you're looking through a dirty window, and you're just kind of waiting to be seen by somebody else, and you're not supposed to be there. And it scared me, and it takes a lot to do that. So. Yeah, Witches by Scott Snyder and Jock. Read it. Uh, fantastic. And my recommendation, uh, my wife and I were recently trying to uh, get our fix for our um, Veronica Mars, which we couldn't find Veronica Mars on uh, Netflix, so we started watching iZombie, which I'm sure a lot of you have already listened to or watched. But uh, if you haven't watched uh, iZombie yet, it's actually really fun. And if you like Veronica Mars, it actually... Uh, kind of fits in with that same vibe. Um, next week, we are going to be staying with DC, which we don't typically uh, do, um, but we are going to be doing uh, Wonder Woman uh, Haikita from DC. Uh, and uh, that was a recommendation, I believe, from Q. Uh, I don't know, Q, are you too drunk to uh, give us a little bit of a preview? Of- no, so um, so the story is that um, there, so the, shit. <laughs> I, I'm trying to pronounce the word and I can't right now. Hi, 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 Kakia. Oh shit! I don't know. Anyway, so so what it is? It's a it's an ancient Greek Greek ritual that binds you to another person, and you're you're a supplicant. You you release all of your own kind of bullshit and make it that other person's responsibility. And um, a a woman does this to Wonder Woman, and it sort of puts her puts Wonder Woman in conflict directly with Batman, and it's such a great story. Um, I'm already researching cocktails about the Furies, because the Furies are sort of side characters in this story, and I've always, I'm a huge Greek mythology fan, which I think is why I became such a Wonder Woman fan, um, and so the Furies are just kind of hardcore, and I, and I love them, so uh, I'm, I'm already trying to figure out how to make that into a cocktail, so y'all better be ready for that. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I'm ex- I've already read the I've already read the book twice. Uh, I'll probably read it a third time before we do our next recording. And uh, it's a it's a great Wonder Woman story because it's all about that history of Wonder Woman besides just the you know punching people and putting them in jail kind of stuff. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, just a warning: right now it's a little bit hard to find and could potentially be expensive to uh, get on. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's really expensive. So just, you know, email me and I'll mail you my copy because, you know, it's a good story. We'll take pictures and post them. <laughs> Be sure to hit me up when I'm drunk. Uh, <laughs> great, so that'll do it for us this week. Uh, once again, we're doing uh, Wonder Woman Haikita next week. If you want to raid and uh, bring along with us, you can find all the recipes from this week's episode at com, And uh, you can also find us on the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblrs. And uh, those are also uh, um, links to those are on our website. Um, yeah, and uh, thank you so much for listening. And uh, until next time, please support your local comic shop. And don't forget to tip your bartender.